Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Today on the podcast, it's two for one and three conversations to boot. First, we'll learn about the Appalachian Center for the Arts in Pikeville and two former New Yorkers who are making Pikeville their home and operating the center. And secondly, one of their performers will introduce us to Kentucky poet Effie Waller-Smith, a writer who was born in Pike County in 1879. And to begin our conversation, let's meet Robin Irwin and Eric Buck. Welcome, folks. Thank you for letting us be here, Bill. This is, we're so excited. Well, Robin, tell uh, me a little bit about your background first, and then we'll ask uh, Eric the same question. Well, um, I am uh, a Illinois-born person uh, right on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois and about the town, about a town the size of Pikeville, about 7,000 when I was growing up a hundred years ago. And, um, but I pursued my dreams and I ended up in uh, New York, uh, New York City after going to Northwestern and Roosevelt, respectively, um, getting my degree in grad degree. And uh, I was a Broadway actor uh, did a bunch of Broadway shows, national tours, symphony singing, um, but I felt um, called to uh, use art, use my love of art in service. So I got into administration, the other side, and so I've been an arts administrator for and uh, professor for about um, 16, 17 years. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, what sort of got me here. <laughs> I was just called. I've been called to service, it, it, to serve the world through art. What a wonderful story. Eric, uh, you've had a uh, interesting and varied uh, life and career, and uh, you ended up in Pikeville too. Tell me about your background. I did. Uh, well, I am, uh, <clears throat> as you can probably tell from my from my voice, not from around here either. Um, <laughs> I am uh, probably the Yankeeest of Yankees. I was uh, born just outside of Boston and raised about 20 miles north. Uh, went to school at the Boston Conservatory, also pursued my dreams, moved to New York, was an actor for, in New York for about 30 years doing Broadway and regional stuff. Um, and then uh, I also started teaching. Uh, Robin and I both have taught at NYU, Bilgi Strasberg Theater and Film Institute at the New York Film Academy. And uh, since then, we've also uh, just sort of become, you know, if you will, practitioners of bringing art as uh, a public service as well as a a public good. And so when the opportunity came, we were thrilled to be able to move down here to Pikeville and uh, start up the Appalachian Center for the Arts. Well, and we wanted a, a simpler life, uh, um, easier I'm, quality of life uh, for quality. our daughter. Yeah. There had to be a, a time um, in the not so distant uh, past where you were either in a terrible traffic jam or uh, you were on the train and it broke down or you couldn't get to the theater on time. 
that made you think, uh, wow, this is uh, just too much. Um, we need to think about a different lifestyle. And then also, did you research the entire country or the world for that matter for a place where you could feel comfortable? Um, do you want to take this? Sure. Um, I do know that there were uh, many a time during uh, our, t- our time in New York City where we both would love it and then alternately be like, I'm done, I'm done, because we are both people who grew up in much smaller towns. Obviously, everywhere is a much smaller town than New York. And uh, at one, some point, Robin said she'd done production. She'd been a director of education herself. She'd been artistic director. And she said, I'd really like to run my own place. And so we began to sort of search around the country. And as happened, as luck would sort of bring it, uh, a friend of hers said, look, I've been asked by a friend of mine if I knew anybody uh, who would be interested in applying for this job down in Pikeville, Kentucky. He said, you were the first person I thought of. And so Robin reached out and made the contact uh, and through a series of interviews and Robin came down and actually was in Pikeville for about three or four days, came back up to New York and said, I think this is where we're going. And, and in full disclosure, in the spirit of full disclosure, uh, 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 the I was it was by the prior inhabitant um, that I was hired um, uh, of this of the prior the prior um, entity that was in this building. Yes. And but uh, since April of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, we basically reopened the building uh, and named it the Appalachian Center for the Arts, and have since been doing main stage productions, educational theater, presenting music, art, comedy, everything. We were just uh, concentrating on a different model. I think art, uh, especially community-based art, has to have its roots in um, the buy-in. You know, the buy-in comes from the people, and they have to see themselves represented um, ethically and elegantly and I'm all about changing the narrative. I, I was very surprised when I came down for the recruiting trip that they, uh, the people uh, who interviewed me and I fell in love with um, were so like, well, are you surprised we have teeth? Are you surprised that we have shoes? And I'm, I, I was just like, honestly, aghast. I was appalled that they would even think that I would think that. It never occurred to me. It like, I mean, I guess, you know, my Jesuit upbringing, it was like, <laughs> I was just like, what is that? No, no, not ever. Um, but the, um, that narrative and Jessica and I have talked a lot about that, um, of, of the, the marginalizing and the reductive thinking about the hillbilly, um, is, um, it's deep and it's real. And, you know, people have to understand that it's it's baseless and yet it still has real resonance for people living in the region. And uh, so I'm all about championing that and 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 focusing on the native stories. That's a big part of it. That's you know, uh, that's just how we're going at it. That's our way in to people's hearts and minds. So, Robin, your first impressions then were very positive. You uh, came back um, and and told Eric this might be the place. Eric, uh, had you ever been to Kentucky before? 
I had played, I I toured through Louisville a couple of times. Yeah, we'd both been in Louisville. But as far as uh, Eastern Kentucky and Southeast Kentucky, no, I'd never been. I think I may have driven through once uh, coming from, you know, through Tennessee uh, on my way up, going back up to the Northeast. And when she came back and said, this might be the place, what were your first thoughts or words? Um, honestly, my first, my first thoughts were, okay. Um, <laughs> and, um, and to be bluntly honest, I, she's the brains of the outfit. I, I defer to her in most things. I said, absolutely, absolutely. We are a partnership, you goofball. Yes, but I trust your judgment more than my own. When she said that this was a place, I said, okie doke. Eric, did you visit Pikeville before you allowed her to accept the job, or was it sight unseen? No, entirely sight unseen. Um, Certainly filled with a lot of, as we were making this decision, Robin continually reminding me, this is a very small town, Eric. It's much smaller than what you're thinking. I was like, I I can understand that. I said, you know, I was from a small town in Massachusetts, but a lot of small towns in Massachusetts are 35 and 40,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to Pikeville, which is seven. But I have to say it's an extraordinarily varied and cosmopolitan small town. Uh, and the people have been extraordinarily welcoming and very much wanting to get on board. You yeah. know, with, you know, with, uh, again, with, with that comes about as, as a, you know, from Robin's leadership on down saying, we are here as this is their art center. This is the right. this is the towns and the region's art center. I think a lot of times um, that um, people go at it from the top down rather than from the bottom up, right? The whole business model and it until so that's like, well, I'm coming in and I know what art matters to you, and this will be resonant for you. And you know, fortunately, um, Paul Bowles, the GM of the Appalachian Wireless Arena, who is part of, we're all part of the same big umbrella 501c3. Um, we both uh, are simpatico in that you program the building and the art and the entertainment for the community, um, not what you want and not driving the taste. I think that's is earned. They uh, An audience begins to trust you um, but that is when you're still in the in the uh, grassroots ground building, uh, you know, uh, the the foundational the foundational phase. You you gotta be a member that says I am an uh, a good citizen. I am a good artist citizen. The building is a public. It's a public trust. Um, so that's what we're really concentrating on building. And that you know, with we were open eleven months when COVID hit. So, you know, we did programming online and we did virtual classes, summer camps and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it, it's just about still being in integrity and uh, responsibility to the people. That's how I think. Before we uh, turn to another member of uh, your troop uh, and um, <laughs> a wonderful story that we will ask um Jessica Mullins uh, to to tell us uh, in just a moment. Uh, tell me about your productions to date. Uh, how um, what you've presented, uh, what you hope to present, um, 
and what your really uh, your hopes and dreams are for the future of the Appalachian uh, Center for the Arts. Absolutely. Well, um, our very first production in this building was actually the youth theater production, the Academy of the Apps production of Twelfth Night. So we did a, a take on that. Uh, then we did a production of uh, Greater Tuna, which is a very fun, silly show. Uh, two people doing 30 some odd roles. Uh, after that, we did and we did three summer camps, uh, which led into uh, which were performances in and of themselves. Then that led into um, our first main stage production, which was Million Dollar Quartet, which was a tremendous production with people. We were very big on both building local talent and promoting regional talent as well. There's a lot, this whole, you know, the whole Southeast corridor of the United States has a lot of wonderful performers and we really want to source that as opposed to saying, oh, we're going to just bring people in from New York or from Los Angeles or Chicago. There's a ton of talent around here. Well, and regionally, uh, there's yeah. really significant talent. Yeah. Throughout Kentucky, West Virginia, Georgia, the, the whole Appalachian region. Uh, since then, we've also then done um, Sally McCoy. Yep, Sally McCoy, which was actually the second production, the first one in Kentucky, which was about the you know, the famous Hatfield-McCoy feud. Uh, but which, it was told from a feminist perspective. Yep, and uh, then we've uh, uh, several Christmas productions, um, which then led us into going into 20, uh, going into 20. Well, and also don't forget, we, we I think music we've really concentrated on music and local music. And we did a Pickin' and Grinnin' event. and Which was monthly. And yeah. um, oh, we had uh, Taylor Lynn and Trey Twitty, the grandchildren of Conway Twitty and, and Loretta. And, you know, we, it's just about- We had a comedian- uh, Keeping Don, it busy. Comedian Donnie Baker. <laughs> Donnie Baker. Uh, which is, let's say, just say not for all ages. Um, <laughs> um, and we really, you know, have gone out of our way to try to give- an opportunity for everybody's taste. We've had rock bands come in. Uh, we actually, speaking of sourcing the community from a series of community meetings, uh, one of the local, uh, a local artist here, a musician named Chris Preston from the uh, group Coltown Dixie. She said, you know what I'd love? I'd really, I've always wanted to do something that really celebrated Appalachian women. Yeah, we've concentrated, uh, we've had a series of uh, this Pikeville creative community meetings uh, with all like to to really build a creative um, network. There is a sort of disparate network, but it it doesn't have a a, a, it's not cohesive, a trajectory. Yeah. It's not cohesive, and it's not because of for any lack of trying yeah. or. But it's just you know gig work and so forth. And anyway, Chris had said I've always wanted to do something about with Appalachian women, and I said we were talking working on another project. Um, uh, developing a musical, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, she said, so I, I said, let's do it. Let's build it. And, and so we so, built the Mountain Girl Experience, er, Girl Experience, yeah. <laughs> that's Girl with two R's. And that was, uh, it was tremendously successful. It was an all-day event that highlighted female Appalachian visual artists and then also female mus musicians. There were uh, workshops throughout the day that included like a, somebody brought 30 dulcimers from Heinrich, Sarah Kate, from Sarah the Kate Morgan. and people got to play them. Uh, Abby, the spoon lady, if you're familiar with her, who's tremendous. And if you're not, she was here all day. I'll, I'll ask your, your, all of your listeners to go and watch her on YouTube. She's fascinating and amazing. And then the entire evening was uh, female music, female bands and musicians, uh, including Sonora May, Beck Smallwood, um, um, 
Uh, Chelsea Nolan, Colt, um, uh, Jen Tackett, just everyone. Yeah. And just really, honestly, everyone has texted me and, and emailed me and called me throughout for this in the two weeks since we've had this. And they're like, I just have this glow. I feel such hope. And it was a benefit uh, for the West Care um, Perry Klein homeless shelter. Um, and and we, all, we also had a trade fair, yep. a trade show, uh, just informational, just with and, uh, a women's veterans clinic. And um, uh, Bill can see, obviously, your listeners won't be able to see. Uh, in the background is actually our set. We're currently finishing uh, next next week. will be our, fi- our final, uh, actually, two weekends. Uh, one weekend here, and then actually with our producing partner, Pro Arts, right over the border in uh in Virginia, of we're doing a production of the Marvelous Wonderettes, which again the entire cast is sourced from uh, the region. Uh, two, two uh, one from right over the border in, in uh, Virginia, one from uh, uh, Prestonsburg in Floyd County, uh, a woman from uh, Alabama, and a woman from uh, Florida. And so it's been uh, quite the journey. We're super excited. We have uh, upcoming stuff in the fall. We're doing the 39 Steps, the Alfred Hitchcock's The 39 Steps, which is actually another hysterical show, which is four people doing 57 roles. But also, <laughs> we're, again, we're concentrating on music. Uh, we have uh, also the gallery is live. Um, uh, yeah, Mark um, from the Kentucky Arts Council, he said, you know, I have this Native Reflections exhibit in the middle of COVID. He said, I said, my gallery's ready. Cause I worked on that. We, you yep. know, there's space, uh, there's a space up here that was always supposed to be a gallery and it, it was even named, but they it never, never hung was. It. And, um, and since then we've had the native reflections exhibit from the Kentucky Arts Council. And then Council, obviously the Crossroads. Yeah. Smithsonian exhibit, the museum on main street. Uh, and then currently right now is called, world of Jesus, the art and archeology span of, uh, first century. First century. Yeah. So it's, so how yeah. has the community embraced you? Slowly, Remark- <laughs> I disagree, <laughs> we disagree on this, and that I'm like, I'm all about numbers. Their I'm response like. has been remarkable, and <laughs> they have, and it, it, and also remarkably positive. We've had nothing, yes, but we've had nothing but, positive. nothing but growth. Uh, and you know, obviously, you always want to have a full house, but uh, the numbers have been steadily going up, and people's buy in, and more than that, people saying, Boy, I really love that the app has something for everybody. You know, that you guys are bringing in the students, you're bringing in content for older people, you're bringing content for younger people. And that's really it is our, you know, our goal here is through production and presentation to service the community in every way, shape or form. Well, and art, art is for all. That is my belief, our belief, and, and a lot of people's belief that art is not elite. Art is not exclusive. And for some reason, there is some, uh, something in the in the water that they think oh it's a theater i i don't know I, there's a there's, there's a, certain there's an impression a, there's, there's a, a certain faction that like oh i i can't go in there and i'm like and luckily yeah so robin has also you know gone out of her way to say then you know what please come in here's here's some programming that you might not think of in that way and since you enjoyed that why don't you join us for the next thing right and they do so uh, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with uh, your program schedule or something that can be, I'm sure, emailed out to everyone. That's number one. And number two, you also mentioned to me your YouTube channel, which I, can they find that by just going to Appalachian Center for the Arts on YouTube and your videos are on display there. Uh, yes. so Eric, what about uh, getting the word out beyond just uh, the region uh, to people who... Uh, would travel 
easily from Lexington. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I promise <laughs> right. you it's, and Pikeville is a wonderful place to, to visit or to live, uh, to stay. <laughs> Main Street has transformed itself uh, with the university and with the School of Osteopathic Med- Medicine. It's Absolutely. just a, a wonderful growing community. Um, so people need to come over and see it and then maybe see a show at the same time. How can they find out about what's coming up? Well, absolutely. Um, well, there's our website, which is www.theapparts.org. And that has obviously everything right there. Our Facebook page, which is at the App Arts, T-H-E-A-P-P-A-R-T-S. That's also our Twitter handle and Instagram. Uh, we're very active in our social media. And um, I will say we've got some great uh, media partners in Mountaintop Media here, uh, WYMT, uh, the Appalachian News Express, uh, WMDJ, and they've all been incredibly supportive and tried to promote the, promote it over the airwaves and digitally. And then we also have um, the YouTube channel that you mentioned, which really became very active during COVID. We said, this will be the best way for us to do this. And we did sort of a science show for kids with a character that we created called Dr. Flack and Quack, um, which was a lot of fun. We did a, a few episodes of that. And then our props, our production uh, designer, uh, sorry, production manager. Her name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and she's from here. Daniels. She, she goes by Shannon Kirkpatrick. I know, but okay. Um, but it's called. We did a show. <laughs> we did a little a section called of several of them called "Prop It Up with Shannon," and she literally would take you from inception through construction and fabrication of all these various props. And she's truly she's an artist. Astonishing. Yeah. She's, she's really remarkable. Well, uh, as she, as she says, there's nothing she can't make with uh, pantyhose, with a, pantyhose, and a caulking gun. <laughs> <laughs> You both will soon be uh, on the board of the Chamber of Commerce, you know that, or the Tourism Bureau. Maybe you already are. I, I don't know. You do such a good job of of talking about a region which, uh, as you said, uh, Robin, earlier on, uh, is uh, stereotyped in such a negative uh, and, and uh, wrong way. Um, yes. As uh, a Kentuckian who left and came back and uh, really has discovered and explored in in uh, eastern Kentucky. It's a it's a wonderful place to visit and and as you now know, a wonderful place to live. Well, we're going to uh, introduce our listeners and I'm sure you will continue to to talk about uh, the next segment of our podcast today. Uh, That is uh, meeting a Kentucky poet uh, who I said at the introduction was born in 1879, not somebody who uh, is a recent uh, resident of of Pikeville, but we'll learn more about Effie Waller-Smith in just a moment after we hear from our good friends at Spalding University. The Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing offers students intellectual rigor, emotional support, affordability, flexibility, and community at the world's first certified compassionate university. From certificate to terminal degree, the programs at Spalding School of Writing foster lifelong writing habits and help you forge a lasting writing community. Learn more at spalding.edu slash school of writing or email school of writing at spalding.edu. One of the uh, actors that uh, you've met is Jessica Mullins who, uh, according to her bio, is a native of, uh, now I want to know if you wrote this or did they write this for you, uh, Jessica? Wrote it. (laughs) Uh, Is a native of far southeast Kentucky, born, bred, and cornbread fed in the heart of central 
Appalachia. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jessica, uh, Jess or Jessica Mullins, who plays uh, the Kentucky poet uh, Effie Waller-Smith in uh, productions there. And we'll find out where else uh, in uh, the hills of Appalachia. So Jessica, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, um, you know, as my bio said, I was born and raised in Southeast Kentucky. I actually like to tell people I'm as country as the cornbread in my milk. I don't know <laughs> if you guys are familiar with that, but that's like a delicious little easy face. My papa always ate it. He put his cornbread Buttermilk. in milk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I grew up in the hills of Southeast Kentucky. I was raised in Jenkins, which was originally built as a coal camp. Um, and I grew up in the same house that my papa grew up in. Um, you know, so there's a lot about just tradition and like a really strong connection to family that I'm just very much um, made from and bred from. And I think that is something that I really identify with, with the character of Effie. Um, so yeah, it was an honor to play her. You know, I've spent my entire life in Southeast Kentucky and Southwest Virginia. You know, when I graduated high school, I actually studied theater at UVA Wise, um, the University of Virginia's College at Wise. And that's actually somewhat how I met um, Robin and Eric. Um, I maintained a close relationship with the professors that I'd worked with there. And then we ended up partnering together on a show that was being produced there. So, so did you have um, at, at, at school, at college, you had some acting experience? Yeah, I majored in theater. I did. Um, and it was a wonderful program. It was very holistic, very hands-on. I learned a lot. Um, at this time, I don't work actively in the arts anymore. Um, I, I have a day job. I work in business, but I've been really lucky that I'm able to participate, you know, within community theater and community art. Tell us uh, who Effie Waller-Smith uh, is. Effie Waller-Smith was a poet born in the late um, 1800s. She was born in Pike County, Kentucky, um, and it wasn't until she left and came back home, you know, she went to college in Frankfurt. And at the time, you know, all, most schools were segregated specifically, you know, in the South. Um, she went to the district I colored school in Pockville. And then she followed her sister Rosa to Frankfurt um, and went to the normal school for colored persons there. That did go on to become, um, Kentucky State University, which is an interesting and incredible story all in itself. But when she came back, she was teaching and she was, you know, spending time with her students out of doors at the breaks. Um, and that's, you know, I think I, I have to say that anybody who has grown up in, in Appalachia, in Central Appalachia, I think that you naturally have this really deep love of the mm -hmm. earth and of the mountains and the hills and the beauty of it. I mean, it's kind of just something that you grow up loving and whether you realize it or not as an adult, it stays with you, right? And so as she was, you know, going out with her students, she really was just compelled to begin writing. 
about the beauty of, uh, of her home. And so that's what she did. Um, and she Who had, discovered the character for you uh, or Eric and, and Robin, who, uh, how did you find out about uh, this, uh, this poet who had some national renown as she grew into adulthood and began writing for such uh, uh, notable publications as Harper's Weekly? Yeah, um, well, there's a uh, first person who recommended her to us was actually well um, the the this huge mural yeah this <laughs> was, was a, painted at hillbilly days uh, which is you know the celebration out here in uh pike county and pikeville in, in 2019 yeah and they painted a portrait of this beautiful woman very striking and i said who is that and they said well that's effie waller smith and i said i don't know who effie waller smith is, is and they said oh she was a poet here in kentucky and that was literally it so we, do, we were like, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, because, it, you know, the idea of she was clearly garbed in, in uh, the dress of the late 1800s, early 1900s. And I was like, so she was a well-known poet from Kentucky, a black woman at that time period. I said, there, there must be a really fascinating story there. And as we started to do research, we found scant information about her. Uh, there, you know, there really is not a lot of biographical information directly about her. And to find out that she was the first black woman who was ever published in Harper's Magazine, which was a massive thing in that at that time period, was surprising that I was like, well, I can't believe there's never been, there aren't books written about her. There's not been a movie written about her, nothing. And so it turns out there was a local historian named David Deskins, um, and he he came across uh, her tomes of poetry in someone's attic, in a friend's attic. And he said, who is this? They said, we're not really sure. Her name is Effie Waller-Smith. And so by his diligence of his research, he found information about her and the information that, any information that he couldn't find directly related to her, he, you know, did historical research of, you know, the community, the uh, black community at the time in the, in the region. And it was fascinating and is an amazing story um, about this entire family, the, all of the uh, all the Waller Smiths, uh, well, Wallers at the time, um, and that they were the her father was an uh, freed enslaved person, her mother was as well, and they sort of uh, they found each other in Pikeville, well, at the time Pike County, and built, you know, created a family. He was both a blacksmith and a wharf uh, master. Uh, and he worked- And a know, land speculator. Yep, worked his tail off to the point where he purchased mul multiple parcels of land in the area. Up in Chloe Creek. And sort of became a speculator of, of land and of, you know, and of himself. And then said, you know, education is of a vital importance to us. So all three children, uh, Effie's older brother and sister and Effie herself, went to uh went through a full education here in pikeville and then went to all three of them went to college and in fact if i remember correctly her brother actually graduated from berea um and so and then they all came back to pikeville they all taught and then her poetry is just staggeringly beautiful you uh, really at the time yeah, at the time you know it, because so much of her poetry was about nature uh, they likened her to the Emily Dickinson of the of Kentucky, mm -hmm. and rightly so. Uh, and to see that her work 
has not been as well noticed, you know, and you hate to say this, not surprisingly, uh, given predilections and, pre- and prejudices of the time, um, it, it's, a, it's a shame. And I'll toss this back to uh, Jessica, because I think as somebody, you know, she's what remembers her saying to us that she really identified with so much of her story. Jessica, did you know of um, of Smith's work uh, as you were growing up in uh, Appalachia? Yeah, that's probably the most shocking thing about how I've interfaced with the production um, and with the character. I didn't. I had never heard of her. And, you know, to hear about Effie's family, of her story, of her upbringing, the fact that she grew up in Pockville, one thing I have to say is that even though I'm born and bred Appalachian, I really struggled with identity growing up because I felt like I was so Appalachian, but I also was Black. So it's like, how do I exist at this intersection? Because even though Appalachia is this incredibly diverse you know, not completely homogenous place. I think that I still almost identified with that homogenous narrative. And it was, I struggled with it for a long time. And having known that there was a person um, like Effie Waller-Smith, I think would have really benefited me. And that's why I take a lot of pride in being able to tell her story, at least in the capacity that I'm doing, because she's someone that not only I can identify with, but that other people can identify with. And to that point, the fact that she gained such renown, you know, as a Black woman, as the daughter of formerly enslaved Black people, you know, in Southeast Kentucky at that time, that dynamic paired and reconciled with the fact that her story was never told. I mean, that's, that's a very interesting, you know, dichotomy you know, one of, of experience, one of class, one of race, not only in the greater canon of the United States, but specifically in central Appalachia. I don't know. I just, it's really interesting. Well, that's uh, such an interesting story uh, for you to tell and such a, a fantastic discovery uh, by uh, all of you, by Mr. Deskins um, and, and others who have really poured themselves into this uh, this character. Uh, Jessica, do you present on a regular basis? If somebody wanted to, to come and see you, are you at the theater now or is it scheduled uh, during certain parts of the year? Just tell me a little bit about your performance activities. Um, so earlier this year in the spring, there were a set of several different performances. Um, we've also worked with, you know, Pike County Television to produce um, a short, specifically just a performance, but recorded that's going to be produced into an actual like trailer, something for Pike County tourism that I think is going to be really nice. A really nice. That's one of the the uh, um, Pikeville history moment mm-hmm. uh, that I was telling you about, uh, Bill. It's um, uh, we're in the process of uh, editing it. Pike TV is in the process of editing it and. Uh, you know, we showed it to Jessica and we were like, what do you think? Uh, I mean, again, it's uh, we're doing it all out on a on a shoestring. Mm-hmm. But um, our mayor, Jimmy Carter, was like when they came to see it, uh, um, yeah, he was, was like he was really this taken, is so beautiful. Yeah. Taken by the so story. representative of what's what 
really uh, what the gestalt, to use a really fancy word, um, of, of Pikeville really is. Yeah. That there is something deep and true and real and rugged and mysterious all well you could also say it it might have been what's been missing for so many many years decades uh uh, again uh the image uh, the stereotypes uh but there's been uh this under uh this groundswell of of art and and talent and uh performances and uh, all of the what what the university is doing in the city and trying to, to grow pockets of, uh, of really um, being on the rebound and, and coming out of uh, so many bad pictures and that sort of thing. Well, it's been fascinating to to talk with uh, with all of you. Uh, Jessica, I really uh, uh, look forward to seeing your performance. We, we at Kentucky Humanities, as you know, have a full Chautauqua uh, performance uh, that uh, has many characters, but honestly, um, we, we've never had Effie Waller-Smith that I know of. Um, and uh, if we have, we don't have that now as one of our uh, performers. Uh, we, we do tell some amazing Kentucky stories uh, through uh, these performances uh, in our Chautauqua uh, program, uh, but I'd love to see yours. And, and, um, Eric, let me ask you, how tall are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am five foot nine. Well, we are at the present time uh, missing probably our uh, most uh, prominent uh, Kentuckian uh, and Chautauqua performer, Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) As you know, Lincoln was uh, 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 above six three and uh, all of our uh, Chautauqua uh, presenters have been tall. And uh, but, uh, you know, with a little makeup uh, and a beard, (laughs) um, maybe some platform (laughs) shoes. Well, I I like to think I like to sometimes think that uh, my my stage presence can give me stature, but I don't think I can quite make up for about a half a foot. (laughs) Um, We actually are going to develop the next um, historical figure that uh, we're going to develop is a, a Chautauqua type esque monologue on uh, Dr. Hambly, uh, the the brainchild behind the cut through. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, yeah. another another great story. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you all very much. I hope that uh, people uh, hear the podcast and um, uh, are in contact with you or uh, ask to uh, to get your emails and your uh, performance schedule. We wish you the best and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, in the not too distant future, uh, I can travel over and uh, we'll do another another podcast. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. Robin and Eric. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much. It has been just a delight. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.